set your ego aside and hire people smarter than you. I really do think that that's the key and allow them the latitude to do great things. It, you have to hire right to begin with. But I, I do think that people really thrive in an environment where they feel like they're in control as opposed to mm. just being told what to do all the time. What an incredible podcast we have for our audience today, Tim. I am so excited. Yeah. Uh, founder of uh, Tier 11, uh, the co-host of Perpetual Traffic, Mr. Ralph Burns is joining us today. I'm looking forward to it. I did find out he was from Boston, though, and I, I have some trepidation about that, but we'll see if we can work through it. <laughs> some people are like, yay, sports. <laughs> but everybody else who's a sports guy is like, yeah, yeah, the Yankees got it this year. Um, That's right. I will say what I will tell our listeners to pay attention to about Ralph. And the reason why we brought him on the show in the first place is that Ralph has been around this and been doing it for a long time. It's the reason why we love bringing on people who have done this. But pay attention. He has had a remote business from its beginnings. And that's unique because a lot of us over the pandemic and different times, we've pivoted to this virtual world and then we pivoted back. They have successfully scaled a virtual um agency. And I think that story is really important and how they did it and what they're going to do. So please pay attention. Please enjoy this really incredible uh, conversation with Ralph Burns. Today, I am honored. We are in the presence of greatness is what I would like to say, uh, because we're hanging out with my good friend, Ralph Burns, who, among other things, is starting a kick-ass agency, being an incredible speaker, uh, being devilishly handsome, uh, having a killer podcast with millions of downloads. Uh, he also wears a mean shirt. And so I just want to say we're pumped to have you. I just, you're, it, I'm honored. I'm very honored, Ralph. Wow. That, that's a lot to live up to on uh, <laughs> agency talk here today. We've had a, a mutual admiration society between myself and yourself for quite some time. And I, I've, it's the first time meeting Tim, but anyway, very honored to be here. On agency you. talk. Yes, we are a thousand percent going to get into the fact that you uh, built this really successful, scaled this really successful agency remotely, which is going to what everybody's going to want to know. But mm. I want to go way back, way back when I had the red and black lumberjack. All right. This is that was a big, big pun. No, it was a Biggie Smalls reference. Yeah, Doesn't matter. That's good. All I'm saying is good we're going to go back to to little Ralph back when he was like, you know what? I'm going to start an agency and I've got a crazy idea. I'm not going to have an office. I'm going to just have people all over the place. Yeah. You must've been like a lunatic. People must've looked at you when you said that and been like, Hey, don't do that. That's just mm. suicide. Take us back to those conversations. Why the heck you went that way first? Yeah, it was, it was nuts actually. I mean, I really actually, actually had no choice. <laughs> So I was forced into Perfect. it by my wife. <laughs> oh, um, even better. The, yeah. So the the genesis of the Tier 11 virtual agency story, and we're, you know, 70, 80 people now, which is like at every stage of growth, I'm like, how the hell are we going to do it now? You know, <laughs> a 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Um, but back way back when there was a time when I was an affiliate marketer. And all I was doing was I was fired from my second corporate, <laughs> my second time in the corporate world, uh, which is sort of a, a sad but fantastic story. There you go. Tim sounds like he's he has the same, the same story. But I'm um, tracking you, Ralph. 
Yeah, January 29th, 2010 was my liberation day. And I had been I had been building up a sales management training company and trying to sell it to sales managers. I was a sales manager, regional sales director for a Fortune 500 company. Doing really well, seemingly with all the trappings and you know all the, the riches and the company car and the expense account and big salary and all that sort of stuff. But I was absolutely miserable. So my wife, for our ninth wedding anniversary, gave me the book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which mm -hmm. now it's like everybody in, in internet marketing in that era kind of read that book. But for me, it was, it was groundbreaking. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe people are making money from this thing called the internet. So it said in the book, figure out like what you're good at and then create a business around information where you're teaching other people the stuff that you know. And sales and sales management was something that I knew fairly well. So I started that. Ralph, I'll tell you what, listening to your story, I, I'm tracking that big time. I, I was uh, a VP director of sales in at Comcast, the New York market, uh, as my last real job. And, and and then I got into consulting and I worked for a consultancy and the the guy that owned Azusa, a friend of mine, said, you just need your own sandbox. And I thought, okay, is that a nice way to tell me I'm a pain in the ass and I need to go work for myself? So uh, that was the genesis of, of that entire starting, us uh, starting Traffic Builders Conduit. So, Well, sometimes you just need like either a push or a kick, you yeah. know? Kick. Yours was a push. Kick. Mine was like, yeah. get the hell out of here. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> like you clearly can't work for anyone else. <laughs> You know, this is your second get time getting Ralph, fired. Ralph, I know yeah. that must have been pretty devastating in the moment. And looking back at it, you're like, damn, I needed to do that. That needed to happen. But was there a moment in there where you're just like, my life's over. This is I'm devastated. Or did you go, no, I need to go pick myself up and do my own thing. I was ecstatic to start. I mean, I, I knew the night before huh. I was supposed to. I was in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and we had this huge regional sales meeting. I was going to do this big presentation with two of my colleagues and I was going to do this huge part of it, which was like a half hour or so. And it was really a complex presentation. And I got the call from HR that I needed to meet with them at 9 a.m. the next morning. And mm. the meeting where I was supposed to present, I think started at 10. So I was like, oh, they're definitely firing me. That's absolute. There's no question about it. So I proceeded to go on a bender that night at the hotel <laughs> and, um, and, and walked into the one of the guys I was going to be doing the presentation with. And I, I remember I was in a, the, the hotel bathrobe in my boxer shorts with a bottle no of wine way. in my hand. And he calls it the Jim Morrison moment when I knocked at the door, half drunk, saying, <laughs> I'm going to get fired tomorrow morning. Isn't this the greatest night of our lives? He's like, you're such an asshole. I have to do your part <laughs> of your presentation now, and I don't know what the hell you're doing. Oh, <laughs> to man. this day, he's still pissed off at me. So um, the next Had you morning, given the presentation in the bathrobe with the bottle of wine, that would have been oh. the most classic thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that would have been, a would have been great. Moment. Walk into the room uh, like, hey, everybody, <laughs> you know. F you, F you, you're cool. F you, F you, F you. <laughs> I've actually right, never, so. I've never told that story. See what you guys are bringing out of me here, like the real <laughs> truth. Oh, yeah. Tim started talking about sandboxes. It happens all the time. Um, oh, yeah. So, so that was interesting though, because if you kind of saw it coming, you could brace yourself, and then you 
you know, I think you weren't sober, so I don't think I would have been really upset <laughs> if I was a little <laughs> no. tipsy. But I do think that that was interesting, though, because that really did propel you into kind of what am I going to do next, right? That's probably the question that came to mind. Yeah, yeah. So I had started this sales management training virtual company, and they found out mm -hmm. about it. And it took them about a year to fire mm -hmm. me because I was like, I was a higher up. I was moving up the corporate ladder, and I was doing all the right things and everything. But I was working for assholes. I couldn't stand my boss. I couldn't stand my boss's boss. My boss's boss's boss, I absolutely hated. So Jeez. I was miserable. Um, and so they wanted to get rid of me. So they figured out this way in which to do it, which is sort of a long story unto itself. But anyway, the point is, is they fired me the next day and I was ecstatic. I was so happy uh, for about <laughs> 24 hours <laughs> until the hangover kind of wore off. And I realized, yeah. what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have no income. I've got, you mm -hmm. know, two young kids. They were, I, I think they were like two and four at that point in time. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Jeez. My wife is like, what are you going to do exactly? <laughs> and I remember her saying that. And I said, well, I've got this sales management training company that was bleeding money that didn't really work. And I tried to figure out a way in which to, to make that work. And mm -hmm. then I started doing affiliate marketing. And like I said, this is 2010, uh, 2011. And the stuff was blowing up like acai and colon cleanse and resveratrol and like work at home and penny auctions. And I got into all minute. that. I did all of those things. Before we all start, before we all start just like showing this, I think I was the consumer side of that though. <laughs> oh, were you? You were buying oh, yeah. it too? I had like, I had the tablets you you ingest to make your breath smell better. Like I was yeah. that guy. Oh, Do you remember bad. that Asiai that was in the champagne bottles and yeah. it was straight from the, you know, jungles of South America. And it, if you, one sip was going to just rejuvenate you and all this nonsense and it was an affiliate marketing thing and it was such a scam but man such a guess scam. who yeah, 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 yeah. From the deep oh, jungles yeah. of New Jersey. Oh, man. <laughs> the jungles of New Jersey. Elizabeth, New Jersey. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Right. Did you make a bunch of money though, Ralph, with that? I mean, did that seem like, uh, was that sustaining you? Yeah. I did. It was, it was amazing. I, I all of a sudden realized, well, I sort of learned how to do like Google pay-per-click and Yahoo and um, it was MSN or Bing at that Yahoo. point in time. I forget what, but anyway, the, the secondary pay-per-click channels. And I was getting pretty good at SEO too. So I was SEOing sites and just doing like link wheels and all kinds of crazy black hat stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's how I learned how to do paid traffic is through that sales management training company that ultimately failed. Um, but then I parlayed those skills into affiliate marketing. And I remember for the SIE colon cleanse thing, I was running traffic on Yahoo and I was making a thousand net a day. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm making so much money doing this, but I can't tell my kids and my wife like what I'm doing because it's so, so scammy. <laughs> yeah, but they just assumed you sold drugs, right? Like that's, right, I mean, right. that's like where their mind went. They're like, well, how is he making 30 G's a month? And what are we, why? I don't ask questions though. If my wife was bringing in 30 K right now, I'd just be like, guess we're in the drug business. It's fine. Right, right. That's <laughs> yeah. what we're doing. Yep. So you didn't tell them and you still just kind of went down that road and I'm sure it got better. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got better and better at it and started doing other scammy offers like work at home stuff mm -hmm. and like Robert Allen, I was like one of the biggest affiliates for them. And then, uh, and then lo and behold, Facebook started doing advertising in the right hand rail, 
Remember that? Mm-hmm. Like the, sure they do. still, yeah, they still have it, but there wasn't any ads in the news feed yet. So this was like 2011, like late 2010. And I started getting friendly with a bunch of other affiliates and they were like, yeah, you got to try this Facebook thing. It's crazy. Like how much traffic is on there. And I remember waiting like three months and thinking, oh my God, I'm so late. I'm getting in on this mm-hmm. thing late. Like all my other affiliate buddies have figured it out. So I was an affiliate for Christian Mingle, which was a Christian oh dating site. And I was like, this is perfect for that offer. Cause oh, the, tr- yeah. the, the tracking of the targeting was, are you male, female? Are you interested in men or women? Are you single married or it's complicated and where you lived? I'm like, mm-hmm. this is perfect for a dating offer. So, and there was so much traffic on Facebook. It was crazy. So I started doing that, became a super affiliate for that in essence, like lead gen dating offer. Um, and then wow. the, the affiliate world about a year later, just, just imploded. Yeah. And it was in 2011, the FTC kind of came down on all these companies. I don't know if you guys remember this, but it just like all the stuff we were doing, like the news sites and the farticles and like all this like <laughs> really scammy stuff. But man, those pages and those offers converted. It was crazy. So that kind of all blew up. And my wife was like, all right, well, um, now you're not making any money. You made some money <laughs> doing I don't God knows what. And the kids are, you know, six and eight. Now they were a little bit older, a couple of years older after I was I was fired. So now she said, Well, I've always wanted to do like an R V trip cross country. And cool. the thing is, is like you have perfect to answer. Perfect yeah, answer. Absolutely. You you have to figure out a business where we can travel and it's location independent. So if you're going to do something else, it can't be in an office. So we ended up doing that. Like she went out and bought an RV in a truck. Like literally I said, yeah, that's a great idea. And literally the next week she went out and bought it. And we're like, yeah, she's like, we're leaving in June. I said, what? <laughs> she's like, well, you're not doing anything anyway. Like you're going to drive the truck. So but like, does it have good internet? Cause uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had like hot spots, like wherever we went. So I started driving cross country and trying to get back into the affiliate game and no offers were working. Finally, we landed, we went from, you know, Boston where we are and we went cross country all the way to San Francisco. And so we, we stayed in San Francisco. We actually rented an apartment there and across the street from the apartment, I parked the RV. I was like, I'm done with this for right now. I'm sick of driving. I met a guy who said, Hey, you know, you know, you're, you're pretty good at this traffic thing. We have this company. We want to launch, you know, this brand new service. Would you be interested in doing the traffic for it? And that was Hmm. my first agency customer. Okay. So let's, let's, let's catapult this thing a little bit because I feel like if we kind of start going through these stages, so from there, let's kind of jump forward. So let's talk about first employee. And mm. was that person remote and et cetera, et cetera? It must be because you guys were all kind of doing your thing. Was that like an yeah. outsource moment where you were looking for some overflow and that kind of stuff? Or did you intentionally go find somebody to, to work for you? Yeah. At, at that point, we're like late 2011 into 2012. I had had a, uh, a virtual assistant who was doing, <laughs> was creating those banner ads for you know, for the acai colon cleanse and the work at home and everything else. And she had been on staff or, 
uh, in the Philippines for about three years. So she was technically my first employee. And, and a matter of fact, she's still with us, which wow. is which is crazy. Uh, she reminded me it's almost 14 years. I believe if we do the math backwards, it's like, it seems like longer than that. But um, so, yeah, so I realized that I started to get, I was pretty good at selling the service. And I realized at a certain point after about five or six or seven customers, um, uh, you know, we were, we were profitable. I was actually making, I was making money and I realized, okay, well, what's the next step here? And I remember getting some advice that you're starting a virtual business. There's no way you can, you can build it and create a company culture. It's impossible. I remember yeah. I talked to Vishen Lakiani from uh, yeah, Mind yeah. Valley, and he told me that, and Roland Frazier told me that, and oh, even Too Ryan was like, "I remember I started getting friendly <laughs> with Ryan and those guys." I'm like, he's like, "I don't know as if this is really going to work." Um, so there was lots of doubters that people that I really respected, and I'm like, "Well, I'm yeah. going to do it anyway. I'm going to prove them all wrong." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the hell? Uh, I've started it this way. I might as well continue doing it this way, and it's working. So all I did is, you know, to Tim's point is that I like to be the dumbest person in the room. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I tend to hire not people exactly like me, but people that are smarter than me and people that have skills that are complementary to my skills, which doesn't mean they just compliment me and suck up to me all day, although I am the <laughs> boss and that does happen. The point is, is like you have to hire people that are way better than you and put your ego aside. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have an issue with that. They want to be the star. They want to be the yeah. smartest person. And if you can set that aside and hire people that are smarter and better and have complementary skills, like that's where it all starts. And so we've been able to do that. We've got a really good hiring process. Everybody sort of, you know, crows about their hiring process, but we have the best hiring process in the industry, <laughs> in my opinion, in my humble opinion. And it's oh, a we're... credit to the people that I've hired that have created those processes. It's nothing that I've done. And I think that's the that's the mindset that I take every single day. You can't drop that and just say, I think we have the best hiring process of all time. I'm just going to say it and not tell us what the hiring process is mm. like. You got to Now you got to give us the quick abridged version of your hiring process because everybody listen, all of our, our our tens of 20 listeners want to know this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's we don't interview until the very, very last part. And I, I think this is. It, the the key is, and people could, don't, I mean, anybody listening to the show, don't go through it if you're just like <laughs> wanting to go through it because that'd be sort of a waste of your time. The point is, is like for media buyers, for example, we have two screens that we put them through before. You know, we have a very you centric, um, you know, job listing, which is all about you. Like nobody really cares about us. It's like what do you get by working with us? And if this is what you get, then we both succeed together. That's sort of the first thing is like, I think Mm. your job listing has to be very much centered on them as opposed to we are a great, we made the, you know, Inc 5,000, we, 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 nobody really cares. They only care about themselves. So what Mm. can you offer me? So we sell that. And then we sort of talk about like, this is where the trajectory of your career may go, but it all depends on, if you're the right type of person and you have to have certain core characteristics, which we don't really tell people what they are, we want them to kind of come through in the first few stages. So the first stage is they fill out an application, which is our first screen. And if it's for media buying, 
it's all these general skills and you have to get a score higher than, I think it's either a 70 or an 80. I think it's an 80. And that first off is the first thing. So that's a hard application. Like you got to figure that out. And it's not an easy one for our Google media buyers. It's insanely hard to score yeah. an 80 is incredibly hard. So then after that, the sex, the, 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 the next stage is, um, a simulator where, all right, you make this first cut and then you're sort of automatically sent to, if you get the score of 80 or if you're not getting the score of the 80, you get sort of an automated response that great, we'll keep your resume on file, that kind of thing. So the next stage is a simulator. A simulator is basically is five different scenarios where we go through nothing having to do with um, necessarily like media buying, but it's, it's business related. All right, there's a business mm -hmm. that is, it's an e-commerce business. They're selling this pro type of product this is their CPA. This is their cost per click. This is their conversion rate. This is their AOV. This is their LTV. This is all going wrong. How would you solve it? So this is, they have to actually present. And this is where you actually see how people are. This is where the five core values start to come up because it has to be a screen share. It has to be a screen capture. We take note of all the different things in which they're saying, how much do they, do they just do a screen share of the simulator itself or do they do a presentation? Do they mm -hmm. take it into a, like an Excel spreadsheet? Like how much initiative do they show mm -hmm. when they're talking about how great they are? Are they, you know, healthy ego or are they a little bit arrogant? Uh, you know, are they intentional about how they're presenting, putting it about like the benefit to tier 11, as opposed to the benefit to themselves, which kind of pulls mm -hmm. out like the smart EIQ core value. So believe it or not, it's a, where the, the interviewee thinks they're there for the skill, like how great am I as a media buyer and a business person, but what we're measuring for is actually our core values. So it's a, it's a Trojan horse. Right. And that screening process is now done by our <laughs> HR uh, director who is absolutely amazingly great. If you make it past those two stages, then we'll consider a first interview, which is a virtual interview typically with him or with the hiring manager. So they've gone through, like, let's say we've had a hundred people that have gone through this, you know, 80 drop out in the first step, you know, maybe 10 make it on the second step, maybe less than 10. And our Google media buyer thing, I think like two out of 100 actually make it through step two. So by the time they're with us, it's like, we know they're really, really, really good. And then it's yeah. just a matter of doing the interviews and the interviews are all geared towards our five core values. And yeah. I would say this, when you're going through a resume, and this is something that Jim Collins talks a, a bit about on good to great. Um, yeah. I don't know where I picked it up, but it's, it's crazy good is tell me about, go back through your resume, your CV, tell me about the jobs that you were in and why you chose that position. Why did you make the choice from XYZ corporation to ABC corporation? What was missing? What were you trying to strive for? And it tells you like the core of who they are. It's mm -hmm. not about like people think like a, an interview is all about, oh, I'm going to show how great a media buyer I am or how great a designer I am. We're looking for where, who you are. And are you able to fit in with the core values of, of tier 11? 
and the decisions, the big decisions that you make in life. Think about the big decisions you make, like who you marry, where you mm -hmm. go to college, where you work. Like those are all like core value decisions, either for or against. Like maybe I made a mistake because I was looking for this. I thought I wanted this. And now here I am. And then the last question that you say is, what's missing from your current situation? Why are you talking to me? And you mm -hmm. get to the essence of who people are. And nobody really does that in interviewing. And it's our secret sauce really for pulling that out. And then we flavor that with or overlay it with our five core values. And that's how we hire people that are really, really good. Um, it's specific to us. But I do think that you know, after one <clears throat> interview and maybe a second interview, you, you'll get top-notch people that are very much in alignment with your culture. And that's what's helped build us uh, in a virtual in a virtual world. Love it. <clears throat> Love it. I think that's brilliant. I really do. I, I think that distilling somebody's core values through that, that, pro that ascertainment process that you put together is awesome because finding the right fit from a talent standpoint is not as hard as finding the right fit from a value standpoint. And the values of your organization can't be compromised and you hire somebody who doesn't fit those values and it Fs things up in multitude of ways. So I, I love what you're doing. Absolutely. I, mean, I couldn't agree with that more. And I think in a virtual world, because you're not like we're relying on people to do the work and it's performance driven. Like all of our customers can fire us in 45 days. So, mm -hmm. But we also can fire our individual people literally at the drop of a hat if they do not do the things that are needed to be done because maybe we've made a mistake in that hiring and that's okay. And we actually have a clause in our agreements that you know the first 30 days is really as a trial period. We wanna make sure that it's good for you and it's good for us. And if, it's, yep. if there's a disconnect, both parties are not happy. You know, it's like a marriage. It's like, all right, it didn't work out. Now that doesn't happen all that often. Maybe one in 10, like we make a mistake or they make a mistake or we get, you know, misguided in some way, shape or form. So it really is a, a marriage in a lot of ways. And um, you want to have those outs. But I think the process that we go through weeds a lot of that out and distills down the people that are really a good fit for us. And a good fit for us is very different than a good fit from some other company just happens to be very specific to us. And that's how we've been able to, you know, build a culture in a virtual world. All right, look, we've, <laughs> we've got you for like five more minutes. So I want to, I want to be able to, you know, something that, that we always talk about, something that Tim loves to say, which is really funny because it's, it's, uh, it's something we all say, but we got to land this plane. We have to talk about what I wanted to kind of do was try to figure out if you had to sum it up and say a one, like a big thing that somebody can go do like an actionable thing, because right now you are an advocacy for great business, whether it's online or offline or remote or physical, you are a great North star for people. Hmm. I just want to know if there's a piece of advice that can help sum up this thing for somebody that's sitting there going, well, I want to scale. I, I am thinking about remote. They seem like they've got it now, whether it's from, if, if you take the remote out of the conversation, I would just really wonder what big kind of actionable thing you could, you could leave our listeners with. I'm going to sound like I'm repeating myself, but I, we talked about it sort of early on is, is set your ego aside and hire people smarter than you. I, I really do think that that's the key and allow them the latitude to do great things. It, you have to hire right to begin with, but I, I do think that 
people really thrive in an environment where they feel like they're in control as opposed to mm -hmm. just being told what to do all the time. And yeah, there is sort of the model of like the genius and a thousand helpers. Everyone just like does whatever the boss does. I am not that way. I have hired people to help us sort of figure out where we go. It's like every 90 days when I meet with my leadership team, it's like, I honestly don't know what the direction is. Like I'll go into those meetings. I'll have a general idea. Like I know where we want to be, but mm -hmm. like how we're going to do it. I honestly don't know. And I think the key to great leadership is it, it's frightening to say this for a lot of people that might be listening to this show is like, you don't have to have all the answers. A great leader doesn't have to have all the, uh, the answers, but what you do have to do is have all the right questions. That's a hell of a way to end the podcast because I'll tell you right now, I love when people who we dub like, hey, this person's a North Star and hey, these guys are doing it really well and their final word of wisdom, which is really interesting because a lot of the people that we all look up to, the sign off is always like, I don't know everything, hmm. but I'm trying to empower people who do and can get to things creatively. Like I hope you're any listener out there. I hope you're sitting around looking at your agency and going, yeah, I don't, I don't have to have it all together. I've got to build a team of people that can get there. I got to know where we're going. I got to get people on the bus, but I got to make sure that we have collective genius to get there. And damn, that's a good ass message for this world. Cause in the agency world, there's a stigma with it anyway. It's like every, no, it's like somebody's like, I got an agency. It's like, no, bro, you're on Fiverr making websites. Right. Like we need to be able to dub, like what is a thriving, successful agency? And, and I think that that's so healthy to hear you say that. Mm -hmm. um, Tim, I know you talk about that all the time. I, I love it. And leadership is, is not underrated in any way, shape or form. So I, I think bringing those re people, uh, those people, right people on is just so, so critical. And the thing that Ralph, you do, it's that vetting process, prove your talent initially, and then let's, let's focus on who you are and how you fit. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I'm going to actually reverse the way we do things based on that. So I, I love the, love the advice. I think it's so smart. I do have an affiliate question and a closing thought, which is <laughs> the affiliate question was, did you ever get things confused in your own head? Like the ASEI is the colon cleanser for Catholic people who want to date. Yeah, I should have done <laughs> some cross-selling. I think there, yeah, I think there was some cross-pollination that could have happened there. <laughs> Last thing is, I thought uh, uh, inaccurately actually that I had a man crush on Kasim, but I'm going to transfer that to you, and I hope that's okay. With you. <laughs> oh yeah, tell Kasim that's that. good. I'll tell, tell him, him that. Yeah, in, uh, I, I, one minute yeah, when I see him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hey, this has been Ralph. You are awesome, man. Thank you so totally. much for making a little bit of time for us. Yeah. We love talking to smart people and awesome, humble, amazing, great looking, good t-shirt wearing people like you. So thank you so much. Well, I can, uh, I can honestly say this is the most fun I've had on a podcast, uh, in, in quite some time. Good. And, awesome. uh, yeah, wow. to be on the show here today, really enjoyed talking with you guys. No, all, all kidding aside, this has been a lot of yeah. fun. Thank you. Yeah. Did you hear that agency talk? We made it, agency talk <laughs> listeners. We have made it. We've arrived. Mom, I did something with my life. All right. Anyway. Damn it. All right. Thanks, brother. We appreciate you. Thank right, you, Ralph. So much. Appreciate y'all. See you guys. All right, Another successful one, uh, agency talk listeners, we have made it. Ralph Burns has dubbed us. He said this was great, as you heard him in the podcast. If you want to continue this journey with us, if you're a new listener, if you've been listening for a while, we've had some incredible people on this show. In yeah. fact, some of the recurring themes is that EOS comes up 
traction oh, yeah. comes up today. Jim oh, yeah. Collins, good to great came up, which is another winner. In fact, in, in this episode, in the show notes, go, there's going to be hyperlinks to some of these books because I know Tim swears by it. I know a lot of the people that we're having on the show talk about these books and we want to make sure that you also are checking them out as well. So check that out. And I'll say this, um, we have a repository of these folks. If you're new to agency talk as a listener, mm-hmm. go over to agency-talk.com, check out the whole season. We're two seasons in. We're almost to our third season and recording, by the way, if you're listening to this right now, we're already through basically the new year with guests uh, that are slotted and they're awesome. Uh, and we're just going to keep rolling with this thing because I think I'm learning just as much, Tim. I think I'm learning oh, a ton. Oh, me too. Yeah. I, I love it. The level of people that we've been able to bring in and the insights that they've shared have been so helpful. Um, you know, it, to me, there's an aha moment in every one of these. And I, and plus the fact that it, and the, the thing I love about you, you keep it light and you keep it fun. So it's not the drudgery of, you know, just mm. here's the steps in scaling. Mm. Oh, for God's sake. Can't do it. So Can't no, it's, it's been fun. So speaking, I, speaking I appreciate of, speaking you, of light, I would be remiss if we signed yeah. off without people who are visually watching us every other week to not see the color of your shorts today. We need to end on a colorful see, that's note. Cold. We need to end on a colorful yeah. note and they need to know, Tim, they need to know what yeah. you to go ahead and stand uh-huh. up for our, go stand up real quick for everybody online who can't hear that. I'm going to give you the audible version. It is pink. <sighs> It is pink. Salmon. It's salmon. salmon. All right. Let's be honest. All right. Okay. Sit down. Sit down. They're beautiful, just like you. (sighs) HC Talk, we love you. Thank you for tuning in. Listen to us every single week. And we will have way more for you. And go over to agency-talk.com. Subscribe. Join the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Interact. Interact. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. Have a good one, everybody. 